0: subject of tonight is anger. One time like this, um, the anger is so strong with everybody. Everybody, somehow, upset. Rightly so, because of the situation. The war in Iraq, people losing their lives, and um, it's going to drag along. Yeah, the anger is uh, there. It is interesting, Number of people normally do not think anger is a problem, and the many think anger is uh, sometimes good to have in life, and uh, sometimes anger helps individual to express or to get things out of your chest, to feel strong, powerful, and uh, to feel we can bully. All of those anger does. And some people think anger is not so bad. It's good things. Where I come from, I was told and was repeatedly told, anger is bad. And we call it negative emotions. Emotions that disturbs people's peaceful mind. And also, I'd like to say this, anger is also very, people get addicted to anger. In the West, when you talk about addictions, people think about negating or alcohol or drugs or nothing else so much, but we've got much bigger addiction in our mind and emotions than our Drugs and alcohols, I remember a mm-hmm. thing. Once I received a phone call in a late afternoon while I'm having my lunch, I received a telephone call. And uh, that's years ago now. It, uh, it was late Alan Ginsberg. So Alan was <coughs> talking to me or something and then said, Rinpoche, would you mind to speak to my friend William Bros or Somebody, he's in cancer," he told me. So the bros asked me, do you think my addiction to the subsidence will bother me, you know, uh, marijuana or whatever it is. So (laughs) he said, will it bother me when I die? And I said, no, no, that is your physical addiction. When you die, you're going to leave your body, so don't worry about it, but... Your addiction to your anger will really bother you. I don't know him at all. So I just sat at that. And the, so later Alan told me, you hit on the head or on the nose or something. He said. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Whatever it is. It is uh, because the anger addiction really, uh, really disturbs love. And particularly, people who are very strongly addicted to anger at the time of the death, the mind influenced by anger. And when it is influenced by anger, as a result of that, the next immediate thing, what you joined, is going to be a not so nice thing. It is very dangerous. And the people in the spiritual field in the West I'm not so much aware of this. I really thought it is one of my, really, a duty to show that very clearly to people. Anger, anger, anger. It's not that bad. But when it's becoming, you know, people lose temper, and show you show your temper tantrum, we lose that very often, which is not that bad. But when it is translated into hatred, then it has really become terrible. Almost all our unpleasant circumstances in the, throughout our history, human history, it all caused by hatred, more or less, if you look at it. Even the today's war in Iraq, is caused by hatred. Believe it or not, I mean it's not my business to say who has who, but we all know it is the hatred that really creating all this trouble. The troubles that we have to go through with the terrorist thing in the country, we have to spend billions of dollars and you know the the money where we need it for education, the elder care and the children's program, road even in Michigan. So all of those, we have to spend billions on some kind of terrorist thing. It's also caused by hatred. If there is no hatred, there is no threat. Do you see that? The threat comes because someone hate us. Because someone hate us because, I don't know, whatever we did, because what we are, or we are different, or, or we bully them, or whatever. Whatever the reason may be. So this is a, a big uh, problem. It's a problem in the society. Problem between the nations. It is a problem between the individuals. The problem between the families and all, everywhere, the trouble, the, the hatred is trouble. If I don't hate you, there's no reason why you hate me. If you don't hate me, there's no reason why you won't Heart hurt me, unless you're crazy. Some crazy people want hurt anyway, that's the crazy. So that doesn't matter, it doesn't count that much. But what does count is the the normal individual, normal, everyday folks like yourself. And that counts. So that is the hatred. From the society point of view, from the from our everyday life point of view, and from the spiritual point of view, Buddha himself has said there is no error greater than that are hatred. So that's it. It is really extremely expensive from our spiritual point point. of view. Anger, is the hatred, is like a fire. The fire consumes the fuel. The fuel is the environment. We know every year, we have hundreds of acres been burned Somewhere in California, or I mean, all over the country, anywhere—not so much in Michigan, luckily. So, but everywhere we have that, right? And that type of like a tree and the wood and all that—that that what anger, fire is really consuming—is our virtues. You know, the purification is one of those very powerful. Spiritual activity to overpower non-virtuous, and non-virtuous have the hatred as a powerful weapon to overcome our virtuous. So this is that much dangerous and that much expensive from the spiritual point. So anger is something that we really have to watch very carefully. If we if we are traveling in this spiritual path, the anger changes into the hatred. Then it becomes a huge problem. If you lose your temper tantrum little bit here, and then the next minute you forgot it, that's not that bad. But you know though in the Buddhist tradition the anger and the hatred combined together are dumped into that lump in there. So that's why I'm also talking to you sort of hatred and anger together. If you're watching you say, what is he talking about? Anger or hatred? If you're thinking about that. So I'm also putting them together because that is the tradition really, where the Buddha chose to do it. So I'm trying to follow his little bit of footsteps. But uh, in the reality it works that way. If you don't take care of the anger, it becomes hatred. So to in order to prevent that, all these hatred, these problems are already put on anger in the Buddhist teaching tradition. So that's why people who are interested in the path that Buddha followed will not follow the hatred and anger. So if you look the anger, you know, I, mean, I was just looking at my book today, you know, uh, this nice little book, and I was a little, I was proud of my book a little bit more today. You know, so, <laughs> when I, when I look at this, you know, it's so simple, easy to read. A very talkative book. It talks, that little guy talks to you all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's uh, funny. And I was uh, looking, and uh, so, you know, it's a really very talkative book. And, um and I do have a, a, a section here on anger. And if you look in it, at page 51 in here, I said, anger is addictive. You know what that means. It's a talkative book. I'll talk to you. Anger pops up effortlessly like toast out of a toaster. It is a habit. Nice way of putting it. Otherwise, it is addicted. I would like to say, say it is very, you, you get addicted to it. You know, people who lose the temper all the time, if you don't check, they will have the temper all the time losing it. They will yell all the time. All the time. That's what happens. We may think we don't like getting angry, but deep down we must be getting. Certain amount of pleasure from doing so, probably we do, and a lot of people like to get angry, and uh, it's interesting. Anger gives us temporary sense of satisfaction. They do. You get angry, you yell at, and scream at, and "Hey, I did it!" Right? So it gives you a little satisfaction. I got it off my chest. I give her a piece of my mind. Though later we may regret healing, the regret isn't strong enough to hook us. So you read, this will really talk to you how, how anger comes up, how, what are the symptoms of even coming anger, and how it comes up, comes up what time it is and how do you deal with it? All of those, I really try to talk in here quite a detail. And this is something every day happens to ourselves. Don't ever forget a lot of our difficulty in our job, in our family, in everything, in everything is caused by anger. A lot of difficulty, there is no pleasure really true pleasure caused by anger. No, there is none for whatsoever. None for whatsoever. Anger blinds people. You don't know what you're doing. I don't, I'm not even sure whether I'm giving an example here or not. It happens in my presence, not in my presence, but I really know what happened in India, in Dharamsala, when I was there, there was a Tibetan guy who really fought against communist Chinese very strongly with all his power he fought against. And he had a friend who was a Chinese military officer who went against China, who helped those people to fight against. And they're really good, good friends. But in India, the Indian government separated them and they never let them see each other for years. They put the Chinese officer somewhere in South India and these people in North India and they put restrictions and they can't even travel, especially more restrictions for that Chinese guy. So they can't travel for many years and after years, and he, the Chinese guy, able to visit him. And uh, some little misunderstanding, and they're really happy to see each other, and they're getting, and they're having dinner, drunk, and all of those. And then somehow the Tibetan guy had some misunderstanding with this Chinese guy dealing with his wife. Nothing is really happening, nothing. Somehow he got drunk and something he thought, oh my God, and he is sort of fooling around with my wife or something, and without thinking, he got his knife and uh, and the punch is you know poked this guy seventeen times, and by the time when he realized he already poked. luckily the guy didn't die <laughs> luckily he didn't die, but he poked seventeen times by the time when you realize it is already too late, that's what anger does. Anger is very deceptive. too, in Jesus. It really sneaks through from, from nowhere. It completely overtakes the individuals. There are so many types of anger. And uh, I did mention somewhere around here many phases of anger again. Anger takes different form. It sneaks upon us. First comes impatience then irritations, a tandem, anger, and finally hatred. There is anger that seeks, anger that frees, anger that shakes you, and anger that bursts into rage. And then there is anger at ourselves, what we call self hatred so, so that's what it is. These are the bad type of anger we get. And on top of this, I also like to add up, and um, I looked through today on that section, there's another type of anger. the Anger that, you know, what we're going through, the righteous, and the right thing to do, and what's not the right thing to do. Sort of, you know, and everywhere. You get that in our spiritual field, we get that in our political field, we get that in everywhere. What I thought it was a right, and that's a right to do, and when you think it's not right, you're wrong, and blah, 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 and then you build up your anger so much. Righteousness. This righteousness of the anger, which is really diving us today, even in this situation. And you know what this has to do? Justify all means to bring the ends. Which is not right. Which is not right. We cannot justify killing of human beings. Countless, almost. We cannot justify losing our fine young man and the woman for the war which is not necessary to them. We haven't seen any weapons of mass destruction so far, and that's the reason why we went there, right? And how many people died since the war started? And each and every death is unnecessary. And that is the anger at the righteous of it. Just, we'll be willing to justify all means to achieve a beautiful end which we call it democracy in Iraq. I don't know whether we're going to have that or not. If we have it, fine. But how can we justify all means of killing people? So that is another type. And then of where the extremist comes from. That is again that righteous type of thing. What our thing is, the great, and what if you are different than us, and you are wrong, and we are right. That is another time. So, oh, even this September 11th, what had happened is a hatred and anger, which is the righteousness about. Am I right or wrong? Can you think it? You are all intelligent people, you know it. So, you know why we are talking here? We are talking, what is the real situation about it? And talking over there, we are talking right now, what had happened. That's not right. That's a good, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? That means telling ourselves, don't do it. You know, it's also the double message. The spiritual part means we are saying the example, what it was wrong. So, another message saying that, we need to come about myself, about me, what I'm supposed to do. Don't do it. Did you get it? Why well, we're talking about other side? We're talking about other side because we don't do it. We must show we're different than that. that the different is the tolerance, kindness, and the compassion. And, of course, patience. Patience is Buddha himself said the antidote of anger is patience and everybody who following Buddha's teaching and everything they all know we all know the patience is antidote but we're not simply talking about every patience I can wait for hours and hours I have a lot of patience We're not talking about that. I give a very funny example. If you are dumped by your girlfriend and you really wanted to get back together and she calls up and tells you, hey, come and meet me tomorrow at 2 in the afternoon, middle of nowhere, in desert, somewhere. And we will be happy to go there and wait till 5 or 6 in the evening, even though no one shows up will be happy to wait there. That is not the patient what we are talking here, you know? That's what it really is. This antidote of the anger is not that type of patience. Well, I have a verse here anyway. So, When Buddha said that a patient is antidote to anger, he meant the kind of patience that creates. Positive karma, that the patient involves holding back from hurting and harming and pushing yourself to care for yourself and others. It is the mind that doesn't get disturbed when others are trying to harm you or when you are suffering. Patience is not a wick. It is full of enthusiasm. It is totally engaged, focused, and concentrated. Not a dead, tired donkey climbing uphill under a heavy load. That is a Tibetan example. If you have a donkey carrying a huge load... Diving up dead tired, pull from the mouth, push from the back. That is a force. That's not the patience we're talking about. Patience that is totally engaged, focused, and concentrated. That is the patience. Not a dull, not a knowing right or wrong. Not a confused, not an indecision. You call it indecision. So these are not patience. They are the sign of stupidity. Truly, sign of stupidity. Not knowing what it is. Confused. So, that is the anger and the patience. Let's work together. Without reducing your anger and without eliminating your hatred, no compassion can grow. Nobody can have a compassion without a total elimination of hatred. Because hatred pushes your compassion back. Hatred makes you not feel the pain the other's going to do. Are you with me? People such as yourself, you feel the pain what the people are going through at the war now. But the people who, have, who are oriented by hatred, they don't feel anything. They don't feel the pain. When they don't feel the pain, they don't care. Their goal will totally be a victory, whatever that may be. Whatever that may be, their goal is victory. And every means they apply to achieve that goal, which means the ends justify and which is wrong, which is the activity of hatred, which is not a compassion activity at all. It shows the difference between the compassion and the hatred. Hatred brings hatred. Violence brings violence, you know it, we all see it. Even we overpower someone temporarily, it's never going to be settled until the mind of the individuals are made happy, or at least not to hate. As long as they hatred is there, they're always looking for opportunity hurt. They will do the same thing to us, we will do the same thing for them if, if there is us and them. That, that is how we create the enemies. That's how we create disharmony. That's how we create trouble. That's how we, the trouble becomes a war. And that's, that's what it is. So it's a really, if you look very carefully, Peace begins at at your own heart. Peace begins with your soul, within our soul. Any type of anger. Even many of us are angry with our government involving in the war, which is unnecessary. That's also anger. We also must look, get from our own suit, get out, Put the other suit and look back. You must. That is called spiritual person. And if you are always looking outside and not looking to ourselves, then we have no difference than that, that those of um, just the pure yuppies. Total yuppies. You know, total yuppies. We just look out and uh, say, well, you can make money more. You know, well, you can yap them more. <laughs> you don't call them yupp, but you know, that's what it is. So, the spiritual person, we have to make ourselves different than the total yuppies. And we have to make ourselves different than the total hippies, too. We can't be hippies, you know, because we're spiritual person, you've got to be hippies. That's not right. So, the difference here is you have to step out of your suit. And wear the other suit and look back to yourself. Or look on your own mirror and say, whether you are having a righteous oriented anger, that is again wrong with ourselves. Even though our cause is right. Anger is anger. Hatred is hatred. It brings ill wish. It is the wish of hurting. If you wish changing office is not big, not bad, you know what I mean, it's not bad if you're wishing a changing office, this is a democratic way of expressing people's will. That's not bad, that's not hatred, that's not anger. But, but if you wish those people who are engaging in the war top debt, so then it is anger. If this anger is not going to happen, but we're wishing it, it is creating a negative karma. We must see it. So the spiritual person must be able to get out of your own suit, wear the other suit, look back, and say, Hey, I'm doing, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong. Who was that person who's doing that? Oh, it was me. Oh my God, it's me that I'm doing that. So the spiritual person sees the faults of the self. We don't, we don't only see the faults of others. If we don't, if we fail to see the faults of ourselves, we can't help ourselves. Because we deny. Another problem. We cannot we cannot deal with our own anger. We deny. We say, I'm not angry, but Blah, 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 How many times have you heard? I'm not really angry, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm really fine, but blah, 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 <laughs> How many times have we heard from people saying that? Well, that's a denial. Number one problem of taking care of any negative emotions that is addicted, addicting for us. Anger, obsession, attachment combined together. Anger, hatred combined together. Attachment, obsession combined together. You know, we cannot take care because we deny. I'm not angry, but blah, blah, blah. I'm not attached, but I like it. I'm not obsessed, but I won't mind having it. All of those we have, they are the denials. The denials are, they really, it is the swarm for the mosquitoes. Like a swarm for mosquitoes. When you have a swarm, the mosquitoes will breathe, right? Just like that, we provide shelter for our negative emotions through denial. So how can you get rid of our denial, we have to see our own faults. When we see our own faults, that doesn't make ourselves a bad person. That gives us an opportunity to correct, to make ourselves better. Are you with me? These are the spiritual practice, my dear friends. Spiritual practice is something very interesting. It is so much, sort of really, every day of our life. It's sort of really, we have to soak ourselves in that. And every day of our life, where we can have a spiritual or non-spiritual, virtue or non virtue we can make a difference within our everyday life. That is so important. Otherwise, we will be left our spiritual practice, in temples and churches and the synagogues, and the mosques only it gets us nowhere the temple must be in our own heart we must make our own mind is the very sacred we have to make our own body the sacred body and our own function is the pure function free of negative addictions. And I think that is spiritual. Free of hatred, free of obsession, free of ignorance, confusion, and ego. Spiritual practice does not only depend on worship. Spiritual practice does not only depend on generosity. Spiritual practice does not only depend on morality. I mean, it does depend on morality. I mean, actually, all of these are way of improving our own morality. Letting ourselves control controlled by hatred and obsession is not a good morality at all. So making ourselves be pure is the really way, uh, you know, not letting ourselves be controlled by hatred, obsession, and the ignorance and confusion. We do get that very often, all the time. In the time of difficulties such as these, we let ourselves lose and we let ourselves control by one of those emotions. Either hatred or obsession. By saying this, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we should not support the troops, troops out there. Our own young person who are, you know, really working so hard. And I didn't hear, but somebody else told me that some soldier was talking to an NPR saying that they didn't even have a bath for one month. They didn't have they couldn't change socks or underwear or anything for a whole month. There's no water through there. Can you imagine what they're going through? Can you imagine what does that do in their moral? So I'm not saying we should not support those people. We have to support. We must help them. We must support them. We hope to bring them back home in life, not in body. bags. We must support them. That doesn't mean we have to support everything regarding the war. Right? We are educated people. We must separate those two points. Supporting trip and supporting war is two different things. To me, Supporting our own people and supporting war is two different things to me. I'm not sure. What do you think? People like to mumble-jumble them together
1: all the time. But Would you say that fear is what underlies anger and hatred?
0: Fear is everywhere. Unfortunately, it is another basis, the basis, one of the bases, on which we grow lot of negative emotions of such as hatred as well as obsession because the fear types you a lot. Is this during the war I shouldn't say, but you know the preemptive business we've been hurt we heard a lot of times is this a fear-oriented? I must get you before you get me. Or oh, there's a possibility you're going to get me in ten years, so I better destroy you now. Fear, what else? Fear, hatred—they all get mixed up. Actually, actually, you know what? Ignorance, confusion, stupidity—it becomes the source, and the fear makes its sense of urgency, and a hatred makes its act, and uh, obsession makes a process, and uh, that's how we execute our life, our activity. So they're all separately we can identify, we can say anger does this, fear does that, obsession does this, and all of those we can say, but in the mind of one individual, they all work together. They all work together. And that uh, creates the problem for the individual. Because each one of them brings a sense of urgency. They send a message of sense of urgency. And the we, we act. That's how we the human beings are made into the slaves of those negative emotions. The fear is one of the most important emotions. Emotions to utilize us. You're with me? And the people play peer true. A lot of people do play fear. That's why we have lot of, those lot of guilt trips and all of those. They're playing with your fear.
1: not possible to watch CNN or any of the news programs, listen to the radio or read the newspaper, and not feel really angry. So the way I handle it is I don't do any of those things anymore. <laughs> and, but that seems like denial. I mean, I truly have not paid one bit of attention. And when I hear it, I can feel the heart race because I do feel angry. Because nobody knows where this is going to end, so would you comment on that? That that just seems like I'm dropping out.
0: You could be, but as you are not alone, so many people, even me. You know, I, I glue myself to television a lot, but even me turning off these days. Yeah, what we are doing, we are depriving our self of information. Correct or not correct, who knows? I hope they are telling us truth. <laughs> or maybe they are telling us the truth but not the whole truth. Whatever it is, you know. Maybe they are not lying to us. But whatever it is. You know, Buddha had a very interesting thing here. Yeah. Buddha called total of our life and existence, called the samsara, circle of continuity. So the Buddha says, wherever you lo- live, wherever you look, whatever you do, or where, whatever you listen, all bring suffering. So it is the pool of suffering, it's called samsara. That doesn't mean we have to get ourselves retreat from our life. The trick over here is learn how to live our life and make it pure and change it to myself and change for others as well. And I think that is the most important task we have. So retreating and rejecting and withdrawing ourselves from a problem might not be the right answer. I don't know. But you have to work according to how it works to ourselves individually. It depends on the individual. Individually. If you can handle together, not brainwash yourself, or get yourself angry, or hatred, or obsess, without submitting yourself to all of those negative emotions, have a wisdom and a, have a judgment, good judgment. Be able to read between the lines. Be able to hear between the lines and make your own mind. And probably call to wisdom. Am I far away?
1: No, it's the trick of being in the world but not of the world. And that's forever a challenge.
0: Yeah. If you want to be a life like monks and nuns and celibate, if you want to be that, and then we can withdraw from everything and go to the Himalayas and live in the caves. But we can't. We, we have a family. <laughs> we have loved ones. And we have, a, we have everybody. We have friends. We have, you know, everything. So we must learn how to live there. This is the art you know art of living is this this is art of living or art of happiness which his holiness dalai lam used for his own book title but the really true the art of happiness is this you have to you have to have the art of being the world and not affected by these difficulties and all the earlier tibetan lamas used to talk that lot teachers and one of the great teachers in the seventeenth century has said, so he said, when you have when you been able to filter your stomach and you have a nice warm sunshine, you become a great spiritual person. But when you have difficulties, you will be crazy old person. And that says that is the wrong way you've gone wrong somewhere. So that is, that's what it is. So when we have difficulties, we withdraw. We get angry, we withdraw. So that's, I believe that's what he's talking about. I think that's art we have lot. Yes?
1: Anger as a vehicle, like social injustice that you see, and the reaction from that compassion that comes, and the anger at the injustice Hasn't that brought about great change in our world?
0: Very good question. You know, I used to talk with Alan, my good old friend, Alan Ginsberg. And I always said, Alan, if you have a compassion as a motivation, and uh, when you want to lift the Pentagon during that anti-war, earlier Vietnam problem, and also I said instead of chanting Om. For the Chicago 7 tile, if you have turned it, ah, I thought you would have succeeded. <laughs> um, and the idea is anger sometimes gives you, looks like, give you that result and uh, I would say the consequences, whatever you want to. But uh, truly speaking, the anger could not really do it. Because anger is that strong fire that's short-lived, short-lived. And you fed up. You said, oh, I've been burned out. I tried everything. I've burned out. I have nothing to do with this. And all of those anger brings that. Anger really could not give you a good result. But on the contrary, if you have a compassion, the compassion really cares for the people. So whether it is a difficulty or even impossible or whatever it may be, compassion makes you move because you feel compassion. You feel the pain. It really gives you a strong fuel. And I don't believe it, excuse me, but I don't believe it that the Mother Teresa may have a short temper, but not anger or hatred. Nor does the Dr. King did not bring the change in this country by anger. Anger cannot sustain your effort. Anger cannot deliver the goods. Anger is destructive not helpful. And if you look at it, there are a lot of Gandhi, do you think Gandhi been angry all the time against the British? No. No. He is not. He take he takes his goat go to London (laughs) with his goat. So he's not angry all the time. He cares and compassion for the Indian and Pakistan people. You know Gandhi horrified for the British policy of dividing India and Pakistan. Really look what is happening today. In all this Middle East, Indo-Pakistan, everywhere you look, where does that come from? The old British empire who divided everybody and let them fight each other and they disappeared. Of course, we will, we will say, oh, it's Winston Churchill, and it's a great guy, and no doubt about it, he's a great politician, great guy, but his politics is such, it's good for Great Britain to come back in power, to rule, so that's why the division is done. That is the anger hatred oriented division. But Gandhi did not have that. He had horrified division of India and Pakistan. Really, he wanted united those two together. And uh, Nehru, with all respect and devotion to Gandhi, he has to, excuse me, you've got to move aside. We've got to accept this <laughs> and put uh, Gandhi aside. And uh, you know, as uh, the father of uh, really peace and nonviolence and all of them. as um, a sort of jobless, uh, Nice little figure on the other side when India becomes independent. All of those, that's how anger does and compassion does. So?
1: Talk a little bit more about patience. I think most of us think of patience as a, a sort of passive waiting. And it seems to me that you're talking about an antidote which is an active patience, which we probably, it's a little foreign to us. Maybe we need to hear more about this.
0: Thank you. And I just really thought a little bit of everything. And I really didn't go deep in the, into it, hoping that you will read the book, <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> but, 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 but you are absolutely right. The patience, what we are talking about, will hold us back from hurting, and hold us back from a harming. And you really wanted to go and get it. I really want to go and give my peace of mind and really, really, sort of ready to jump over there and your patients will say, well, it's a very good idea, but I think you can wait for a little while and because it's going to hurt the other person, going to do this and that. And you'll be able to, to restrain of the action that what you really, and that is the patience. I believe we are talking about it not a simply a passive waiting so I throw that example of a, a girlfriend who dumped and calls you and says come in the middle of nowhere in the desert 2 o'clock in the afternoon she doesn't show up even at 6 you'll be still happy to wait that's not the patience we are talking about and actually if you really wanted to know very detail, there are transcripts of Very detailed. The transcripts are valuable. So there's anger, hatred. There's something called transformation of the negativities. Yes. Transformation of negativities. It really goes very detailed in that. I simply can introduce you. Patients, what we are talking about is not an passive, but active. Active who holds the individual to getting into trouble stay away from the trouble that's all that patient shouts all the time
1: my sense when i listen to some of these talks and i also just listen to myself at times i start saying okay anger is negative it's like some, that you tr- you force to try and make the anger go away but it isn't the way that you work with it so so like when you're talking about these negative feelings my sense is there's an underlying way to be compassionate with ourself to experience those feelings. And that's the tricky thing. Exactly.
0: What happens is, if you try to force the anger, anger will burst out. You cannot. So the way and how you deal with it, the first step, what I know, is the recognition. Don't say, I'm not angry, but blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Say, I am angry. I may be wrong to get angry and see what can I do with my anger. Is this good? Acknowledge. Acknowledgement, you'll be surprised how it works. I don't mean you're talking with people. When you're alone, thinking yourself, When you suddenly acknowledge, Oh my God, I was so angry. You will embarrass yourself. You will shrink yourself. Your ego will go down this much. We will like to cover your face. How if my other friends knew about this, what will they think of me? Oh my God. That alone reduces the power of anger by 50%. You don't have to tell people well I'm shy, I'm ashamed of myself. You don't have to. But but checking with yourself, thinking within yourself, recognizing and acknowledge that I was the one who was angry. I, who've been projected the best, kind, compassionate, caring person, is happens to be the one who are with the anger, who are angry. Ooh. That lets hot air out of that balloon, and then you can say, "Hey, you anger, you you invade." My territory You try to control me But when your heart Filled up with the bloom If you say that It will burst out So it's a step by step Some people may think I'm talking about psychology No I don't know anything Head and tail of psychology I don't know anything about it But what I'm talking to you is the spiritual information that I have from that angle I'm telling you. And if I've done that with my own personal experience as well, it will work with any one of you if you try that.
1: I appreciate the acknowledging part. My sense is that there still is a part of me that then looks and judges me for that anger. So then you're stuck again, or at least I'm stuck Sorry, again. Sorry,
0: that is not judging you, it is a judgment on your ego. Thank you.